This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. We're two sisters on a mission to entertain and educate by learning from women who live a purpose-driven life. Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. Today, we have Brandy Ledford with us. Welcome, Brandy. Hi. Thank you. So today we're going to talk about transitions, whether that be seasonal or just like all the journeys through life. But I wanted to start talking with you about who is Brandy Ledford? Like what makes you tick? Like who is Brandy? Like we can Google you. We can find out, you know, what shows you've been in and things like that. But we're always more in depth here. We want to talk like more to people's soul and purpose. Well, first of all, don't Google me. Okay, we won't. (laughs) There's lots of stuff on there that will tell you who I am that is not about who I am. Um, And I appreciate that you know that I'm more than an actress. Um, Of course, that's my job. That's a career I've had my whole life, um, my whole adult life, and that's what I've done. But it doesn't make me who I am. Um, And I am just sort of figuring that out after all these years that I'm not my career um, because that's what I put so much of my life on. But I'm you know what I am? I'm a truth seeker and a healer. I mean, I'm not a healer. I don't heal other people. I've just healed from so much that's gone on in my life. Um, but now I just seek the truth. I just want grounded, rooted um, love. And I want to be encouraging for people. I want to fight for other people and for things that are right and against things that are wrong. Um, you know, I love God. I'm a sober woman. Um, and sober and clean from drugs and alcohol for n- a little over nine years. And um, I'm pretty transparent about my experiences because I like to share my strength and hope with others. It's the, I mean, I'm a mom. Like, definitely I'm a mom. And so I, I love to be there for my children. And I'm, I'm really helpful with my family. But I think it's different with your own kids, right? And so... My older son is 25. He leans on me a lot. And we have this incredible relationship, thank God, now. Um, but for me to be able to share 
what I've been through makes my experience not go to waste. And so I like to think of myself as somebody who is just willing, really willing to remain teachable, really willing to um, share in an open, honest way so that maybe someone else doesn't feel as alone as I did at a certain point in my life. Who has been your biggest teacher? How experience. Yeah. So yourself, really, right? <laughs> I mean, only because I've remained willing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you're such an mean I learn Yeah. You are such an outwardly beautiful person, but you're also that on the inside. And I love watching you on your social media platform because it's like even you showing up to do like the Santa Monica stairs and like, it's like, you were like, well, when I was watching it, it was like, you were almost like coaching me to like go out there and do something that's, you know, like physically exhausting, but then rewarding at the same time. Oh, that means so much to me. Thank you. I, you know, I really love all the compliments, of course, <laughs> but when people say to me that I'm anything on the inside, it gives, it's so nice for me to hear that because I don't have really much to do with what I look right like you girls are incredibly beautiful but what we do with our work on the inside and with our brains our hearts and our souls and our integrity and it's really about what the work we put in so it feels like a more real grounded compliment so I really appreciate that I'll tell you a story about those Santa Monica stairs I have a friend who's a trainer to a lot of famous people and she actually hadn't been on the stairs in two years because of COVID and she saw my video and she went out the next day and went and ran the stairs so I'm glad that that yeah, was inspiring, you know? whether you know it or not, which is so, it's so cool and powerful. Well, I, so I know you were willing to share maybe a personal story about something that was a transition in your life. And maybe that was, you know, your transition into sobriety or whatever you're open to talking about today. But I think people would be open to listening like to you about just life in general and how to stay open and stay willing to be always learning I think a lot of people close off when things are hard you know and you go into your shell and your fear just kicks in and that's okay that's a totally normal response but like how how can someone deal with that or do you have any tips to bring to the table about transitions and and just holding space for yourself to be that student yeah you know um I would talk about my sobriety but, but the it's just a constant progress you know, I'm so clean and sober. And so the transition from not being sober to being sober wasn't like a pivot. And then now I'm just sober. That's a work in progress. Um, I mean, I'm sober still, but um, I think when you talked about transitions, the thing that came to mind most recently uh, is COVID, my response to COVID when it first happened in March of 2020. And I did not handle that transition well at all. And I don't know many people who did, but for an alcoholic or from a trauma, for a trauma survivor, it's really triggering. And it really, that isolation, that fear, that mass panic and confusion um, was so triggering for me. And then like being in lockdown and that it was suffocating in a way that, um, and it was all without my consent. It was all like, I didn't choose this. I don't yeah. know what this is. And it just triggered me in such a way that, um, I actually had a nervous breakdown. It's probably the first real nervous breakdown in my life. And it was all because I was not prepared or um, willing to be in acceptance. And so the transition was like this 180. My life was over. I thought it was just constant fear. And I did a few things to help myself 
that really helped that transition, not only during that time, but it kind of gave me some extra grit that I didn't know I had. Um, so that transitions moving forward. So, and like for me, and a friendship ending is so brutally hard for me. And I've had two really important friendships in my life and for the right reasons, but devastating. And I did not handle those well. And I was extremely brokenhearted. Um, for years I held on, right? And I was getting into that with this COVID response where um, during the beginning of the pandemic, I lost my mind and it, I had to start thinking, I wasn't really at acceptance yet. So my big overall takeaway is gonna be acceptance and learning what acceptance is and accepting the what is, but like, you gotta get there, right? You don't just yeah. get to, I mean, I don't even think like the Dalai Lama just goes, oh, this is all terrible. I'm gonna be in acceptance now. Right. I think he really needs, and if he is, then it's not hard for him. So for me, like getting journeying towards that place took a couple things. One, I had to voice my fears and my thoughts to some trusted people. So I, I reached out to, to the people in my group who I really trust and who felt the same way. And this has happened to me every time in my life where I've really voiced and not isolated and not sheltered in place and gotten really so scared of my own feelings that I was too ashamed or afraid to be vulnerable. Whenever I've shared my vulnerability with somebody else, they share theirs with me and I don't feel alone anymore. And it's just like, you can take a breath and they might have some insight or my, my best friends can help me identify my feelings. I'm a, it's real hard for me to identify my own feelings. But just sharing that vulnerability is a real start to a successful transition, right? So I was doing that and I was able to take a breath, but it still was hard. I had, he was six at the time, he's eight now. Um, had my six-year-old was in kindergarten and it was really challenging for me to be at home all day, every day with him. My husband started working from home. I had to do remote school with this, like, it was a lot. So I said, well, what's the worst thing, right? And logic isn't going to help me. Logic will never help me get out of the fear that I'm in when the transition comes and it's going to be difficult. Um, like with my friendships, when a friendship ends, logic that it wasn't a good friendship doesn't make my heart stop breaking, right? So time takes time. But during that time, when you're from, when you're going from um, glory to glory, you're in that two spot, right? Like during that time, when you're getting strength, um, where the learning is in the waiting, what do you do? I have a really solid, we talked about this before, I think, Teddy, we have a really solid meditation practice. Mm -hmm. And I got out in nature and I just, I realized that if I can just really truly um, just breathe and just be in the moment and say what is happening currently right this second um, and just really be okay with who I am. Um, knowing that being true to myself might mean being vulnerable, might mean setting some boundaries, might mean uh, which I had to learn to do. I had to learn in that transition phase to really set some boundaries so that I don't lose my mind. The worst thing that can happen to me when I struggle with transitions and I'm triggered with trauma and some bad stuff is happening to me, the worst thing that can happen is I go off the deep end. So I have to safeguard that process. And I have to really say like, I can't do that right now. And um, if I'm able to say that, Great, but a lot of times it's even scary for me to ask for what I need. After all this time, it's still so hard for me um, 
but it's like life or death for me. Sonia's really life or death for me. Yeah, Sonia's diving into her boundary setting, and her coach said what about it? Well, she said that my self care routine actually starts at night. So you think like I'm going to wake up early and I'm going to eat breakfast and do my superfoods, Mm -hmm. you know, my whole routine. But really setting yourself up for success starts at night because that's when I become anxious. You know, I don't meditate. I just like try to go to bed, but then I can't turn off my to-do list or my what-ifs. So I've actually been practicing it and it's helped me like tremendously. So I like have a like a child and I do my meditation and I basically set myself up for a good night's rest. Well, and I know she shared the tool with you also to set boundaries with yourself before you try to set boundaries with other people. And I think that that's a big tool. Mm -hmm. And like, I've never really heard that. Like you have to, you know, work on yourself before you can like start working on your relationships outside of yourself. Well, right. And that to me is, uh, especially sleep. Sleep is so important. Um, and I make sure I get good sleep. I like to wake up really early so I can have my morning to myself before the house wakes mm-hmm. up and I have to start being of service to everyone else. And that is such a me time. Like it's, people are like, why you wake up that early? I'm like, oh, please. It's like the biggest blessing if I can wake up that early. <laughs> then I can at least set myself up. But what you said too, so important about setting boundaries with yourself but I think you're not I think once you're comfortable with yourself and you're really um, able to sit with yourself and be true to yourself then you become the anchor so that that will never change right and I've had to learn that I actually can be the anchor for myself mm-hmm. so that life can change COVID can happen I can get in lock we can get back in lockdown right well now I know it's not going to be so bad but all the other things that are going to happen in our lives that are going to force you to transition, force you to change, force you to give up things you didn't want to give up. But if I can just say, you know what, um, the transitions are going to go smoother and easier because I'm okay. I know I lived in a lot of fear in my life of transition. So as a result, I tried to control mm-hmm. all this stuff going on so that nothing would change. I hate, I hate, I hate it. I hate change. I especially hate it when other people impose it on me. Right. So But now what I do, and I try to do this, is really focus on um, if it all changes, if everything goes away, I mean, God forbid it doesn't, but I am going to be okay. And that that learned self-sufficiency is real new for me. And I, I really, I think that that is my biggest takeaway for how to deal with transitions is just getting to a place in yourself where you can be an anchor so that everything around you can go and squirrel and just become but you're going to be okay because you have your you know you have you now that's not counting my relationship to my higher power and sobriety and the circle of super strong women I have in my life and my family who is incredibly supportive and I do daily readings and meditations and exercise and walks and limit like whatever bad food I love to eat that makes me feel crazy or caffeine and all this stuff right there's like lists of stuff all that is not negating but once you get down to it and you're in your, at your time alone at night when it's just you or if you're doing some self-care practices, whether, whatever that means for you as a woman, um, if it's me in my morning, it's like that's the thing that is going to pull me through. And God, I wish I knew that when I was young. I always see these memes and people going, what would you tell your younger self? Like, oh, my God, I would tell myself to believe in myself 
I never believed in myself. So whenever a transition happened, of course I went, I spun out. Right. I didn't know I was going to be okay, but all along I was okay. And like I said, a lot of people have helped me out, but really I pull myself out. Yeah. And so just that's a stabilizing, um, a stabilizing tool that I've used um, and that I've learned in the last 18 months just because I've seen that, oh, I can be resilient. Oh, I can handle these really tough things. And for me as an alcoholic and a trauma survivor, really triggering. Um, I, love that. I love that word anchor. Yeah. I think that that's yeah. maybe the missing piece in all this self-care conversation is like, obviously we've used the phrase like fill your own cup first or put on your oxygen mask. But another great idea is like build that anchor, solidify that anchor, weld your anchor every day. Yeah. And, and then find what that is for you, right? Whatever. Um, I don't know what it is for, for everybody. I know what it is for me. And I know that I have to, um, I like to say, um, I like to have a real vertical life. So my relationship with my higher power grounds me hmm. so that my horizontal life is manageable. I know just yesterday I was thinking because I'm starting a new job. So we still are doing girl powerful, but I'm taking another opportunity. And I felt really unsupported by like my new job. And like, I, I didn't feel like I was trained properly. I didn't feel like X, Y, Z, or they set me up for success. But then I was like, I have to find a way to be emotionally grounded. Otherwise it's the only person who's going to be affected is me. And that stress mm -hmm. and that anxiety is going to manifest in my body because that's how I handle stress. So I really was just having my own pep talk being like, how am I going to be emotionally grounded and stable and not let this affect my, my, my being? And that's a transition. So did you so ask for what you needed? Did, did are you able to ask for what you need at work at, with your new yeah. job? So I asked for more communication and I need to be trained better in X, Y, Z. Because it's a big deal. She's selling solar panels. Like you have to know the science and you have to know wow. when you're going out and selling, you know, yeah. upwards of $50,000 units to people's homes. You can't just be like, oh, yeah. oh I don't know. Because yeah. <laughs> like clean tech versus working for a nonprofit is very different. Mm -hmm. So it is, I, it is a big transition for me, which is why I'm loving this mm -hmm. conversation. And yeah, I just, I need to use all my tools that I have to make it a good transition and work for me. You know, I, I moved around a lot when I was a kid. Um, first of all, congratulations on your new job. Yeah. Great what you're doing for the environment. And we have solar panels and all of it. It's great. Um, I moved around a lot as a kid. I, I was in a different home many times, different schools throughout the same school year, many times. And that real um, sense of imbalance happened because of it. So it was very, and nothing was ever done with care now. Like, you know, no one sat me down and we're like, okay, listen, sweetie, we're going to move again and you're going to change schools. And I know it's going to be hard to have to make new friends again and leave your best friends in the whole state or the whole city. No one said that to me. I was just like, okay, now we're in this house. Oh, now I'm in here. Now in seventh grade, I went to three different schools. No one was like, so that was like, so hard for me when transitions happen now and I'm real gentle with myself and I'm real careful because I'm what am I, I mean I'm 52 so it's gonna be like hey honey, we're gonna do this like I just have to go okay yeah this is a big transition this is happening I don't like it I don't have to like it I do have to accept it because I'm not going to be able to change it or control it but what can I do in it 
so that I don't fall apart and so that I might even learn something, right? And I always find I learn stuff about myself, which um, talk, creates more of the grounding uh, that creates the anchor. Do you have any tips me, on like moving forward and catching yourself and doing like repeating like bad habits? Do you have any tips on that? Because <laughs> even like my self talk, I'm like, oh, I'm catching myself. I'm catching myself. I need to. Speak oh yeah, good positive self. Good. Yeah, yeah. Good positive self talk is really important, and it's a really effective tool to manifest um, even better self feeling. Right. Mm -hmm. So self talk starts to manifest good self-feeling or bad self-feeling. Um, breaking habits is really only, to me, achievable um, a little bit at a time and not to backtrack so far when you don't, uh, when you, you know, slip. Mm -hmm. Like, so what, we're going to have a, so say today you say, I'm not going to eat any potato chips and you eat some potato chips, you know, it's really good to then not eat the rest of the potato chips or eat another bag of potato chips, right? It's good to just go, okay, I did it. Because what I'll do is I'll say, well, I already had one. I might as well have the whole bag. Right? <laughs> and that's going to happen in all the way, all the bad habits, right? right? I mean, for right. me, if I start thinking of something bad, I'm like, well, I already thought it. Might as well do it. <laughs> I'm not even down a rabbit hole. That's amazing. You're good at commitment. That's not realistic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this guy I shouldn't be talking to just texted me. Well, I might as well text him back. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right? I, they can go. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. <laughs> I mean, so what I like to do for that is just wait a minute. And then maybe wait two minutes. And then, you no. know, if you text him back and <sighs> that's a really hard one. Yeah. That's a really hard one. one. That's a why. <laughs> she didn't even tell me that. It Brady. just happened she just now. Didn't tell right me. And now it just now happened. So maybe just I don't know. That's Read a hard one. That's now. a tie that is unbeatable. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> those, those those are definitely challenging things to um to deal with. Mm -hmm. I would I would be um. I, it would be very hard for me not to respond to that text. <laughs> I'm not going to respond. I know how. <laughs> <laughs> Randy's like, like, I, I guess you should just answer him. You can't eat the whole well, bag. You know why? Gibson, text him back. <laughs> I know, but you know why? Because if you think you're actually going to not text him back, if you think you're like capable of not responding, and if you think you're capable of just saying, no, this is not what, this is not aligned with my values, this is it. Yeah. Okay, you're stronger than me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not that strong. But she'll right. do it when I leave in like 20 minutes when we're done with this. You know, like it's yes, kind of like a quiet time. Yeah. Yes, it's a, there's a big high to that. Definitely. But you know, try to limit it. Yeah. Well, speaking of feeling high and just high on life, our ending question is always, "What makes you feel most alive?" Oh, what makes me feel most alive? My children. Mm -hmm. I have to say that my children and the, the way that their penetrating gaze just sees me, knows me, and loves me anyway, <sighs> takes my breath away. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. No one's ever said that. Yeah. And we've had so many mothers on here. So you what do people normally say? Oh, every, no one's ever really repeated anything. 
it's really interesting. It's all about like sharing messages, communication. Yeah, talking with like-minded people. But sometimes, I mean, obviously that's all great. And that makes me feel great too. But the, the true, the biggest, I, I, look, like, I yeah. like the eye contact, the gazes. That's powerful. They, both of my sons gaze so deeply into my eyes. And I'm like, oh my God, you're really seeing me. You're really seeing me. You're really seeing me. And then they just like, love me. Beautiful. It's so special. Well, do you have anything coming up that people can look out for something from Brandy or what are you involved in? What's the rest of the year look like for you? You know, um, I've actually been uh, doing a number of podcasts recently, so I'm really proud of those. I'm really excited. I flew to New York a couple months ago and did a really special one for NYU, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that coming out. Um, I have a movie coming out. I don't know when yet because of COVID. We weren't really finished filming it, so I'll keep you updated on that. Awesome. Where can people find you on Instagram? What's your handle? On Instagram, I'm at, at Brandy Ledford, B-R-A-N-D-Y-L-E-D-F-O-R-D. Yes, go follow Brandy. She's amazing. She's the best dancer to Justin Bieber songs that I've ever <laughs> I, seen. <laughs> oh, I thank you. I love that song Brandy so today dancing to Peaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh. Um, Justin Bieber? I love Justin Bieber. So do it's I. a problem. Have you met him? Have you ever met him? <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. If he texted you, you would text back. I mean, hey, Brandy, no. it's the beeps. <laughs> yeah. Hey. All right. Well, Brandy, thank you so much, and we'll yeah. talk to you soon. Yeah, for sure. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks to our guest. For more information on her, see the show notes. Please hit subscribe if you have not already. That way, a new episode is delivered directly to your feed every week.